Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> it's all about the game! And now you play it all about control And if you can take it, all about your death And if you can play it, it's all about pain And who's gonna make it? I am the game, you don't wanna play me I am control, no way you can shake me I am heavy debt, no way you can pay me I am the pain, and I know you can't take me Look over your shoulder, ready to run Like a cleaning bitch from a smoking gun I am the game, and I make rules So move on out, you can die like a fool Try to figure out what my mood's gonna be Come on over, sucker, why don't you ask me? Don't you forget there's a price you can pay Cause I am the game and I want to play podcast listener and welcome back to the pop culture pub podcast i'm your host this week my name is chris lockhart and joining me on the line is my co-host in crime mr kevin decent how's it going kevin chris it's going all right overall but i i, I gotta say um i don't know if you felt this too we're getting old mm-hmm. oh yeah chris i hurt myself driving really Yes. Ooh, that's not good. Oh, um, I had to drive for work. Yeah. And my my current best guess is because I had my uh my foot at a certain bent angle while driving. I I drove somewhere between six eight hours that day. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had my foot bent at a weird angle, I messed up the tendon a little bit. Oh. And it just hurt so bad. I woke up in the middle of the night in so much pain from it. Yikes, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. so everything I'm looking at is like, oh, it's tendonitis, and it's, you know, from, uh, you know, using your, your muscles the uh, wrong way, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I think that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Um, how, you, how are you doing with uh, getting over the COVID? Um, all, all better now, or...? Uh, almost all better back okay. to work back to you know normal functioning um the cough lingers and the fatigue will kick up yeah. um so the, the you know the cough like i i hate it you know because I'll, I'll try to hold it in but every you know couple times a day i get a bad cough going again because it's yeah. not totally out of my system yeah and then uh the fatigue is weird because it'll hit out of nowhere so i just try to get as much done as i can before it hits yeah and then ride that out yeah but uh, I, I may have said previous like everyone that's had this local strain or whatever i have of it mm-hmm. um everyone's saying it's about a month or two to get that fully out of your system oh man that sucks yeah um yeah friend of mine i just found out he's got it and and 
I was like I haven't I haven't seen him in a couple weeks, so I'm okay. But uh, yeah, it seems seems like you know way more people I know now have it now that we're not talking about it. Yeah, but yeah. but, but uh, speaking of getting old, uh, this week <laughs> or no, I guess it was last week. It was a week ago at the time of this recording. I became a grandpa. Um, yeah, my oldest daughter uh, had a daughter herself. Her my granddaughter's name is Paisley, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm enjoying being a grandpa. It's pretty it's pretty awesome. Now, let's see how do I word this? Um, I mean, like my my kid only he just turned nine. Yeah. Um. So I still vividly remember, you know, being a dad and, and the mm-hmm. fear of it and everything, too. Is there, I mean, granted, it's only been a week, but is there, like, a fear of being a grandfather? Or is there sort of, like, one step of separation for it? Um, no, there's definitely no fear. Like, I understand what you what you mean about fear of being a parent. Like, like my oldest daughter and my son... Uh, who's the oldest? They're my stepchildren. So, like when I came uh, around, like my like my daughter who just had a, a baby, uh, she was a year old when I came into her life. Uh, so I've been there pretty much since the beginning. But she was already there, right? So I didn't have that fear. But when when we had Shelby, that's our youngest, I I definitely had that fear. You know, like is she going to be healthy? Is she going to be, you know, like what you know, like what if there's something wrong with my DNA? You know. Um, but as far as grandchild goes, there's no fear. It's just more, um, knowing my place. Cause like, I want to take charge and I can't because yeah. I'm, I'm not the parent. Um, I think that's the hardest thing. Like, like, you know, when they say it's time to go and I'm like, but, but I want to keep holding the baby, you know, I don't, I don't <laughs> want you to leave. Um, and like today, I didn't even I didn't even see Paisley, so um, kind of sucked. <laughs> like I, like I got baby fever now. Um, but that being said, I'm too old to have a baby myself. Like my my wife and I already discussed that. Like nope, that is we're not. That's a road we're not going down ever again. No, um, my my I was cleaning up my son's room. Just, you know, like, all right, you know, you're too big for this clothes. You know, there's no mm. point in keeping them. And uh, I mentioned to him, I said, hey, we should go through your stuff here and see what fits and what doesn't. He's like, no, you should keep it. What if you meet someone and want to have a baby? I'm like, I am not having a baby at my age. You're out of your mind. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I like, well, my, sis, my sister's three years younger than me, and, like, her youngest is three. Um, And I'm like, that, to me, that was crazy. But, like... It's it's funny because like now, like when she was in her twenties and stuff, like my my sister did a lot of traveling, you know, saw the world and stuff. And now um, that my kids are getting older and moving out and so on and so forth, um, now you know I got extra money. Now we're going to start doing some traveling and stuff. Uh, I I definitely don't want to be tied down to you know raising a child at my age. Like it's just too much. Like grandchild is perfect. Um, cause you know, when you, when you get tired, you just get, you know, hand the baby back, you know, you can't do that. When, <laughs> you can't do that when you're a parent, but anywho, um, 
for this episode of the Pop Culture Pub, uh, it's just Kevin and I this week. Unfortunately, Lillian uh, was not able to make it, and Ragnar may be joining us for Geek Fallout this week. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So for Kevin and I, uh, the topic is our top five movie disappointments. So our top five movies that we were excited for, but ultimately disappointed with. Uh, so Kevin, what is number five on your list? Oh. All right. It's been brought up on this show before. It's been brought up with other guests. So I'm going with the, with the one that's already out there for number five to get going. And that is sucker punch. Mm, yep. Yeah. Um, God, uh, those trailers just did it for me. I thought there was going to be something amazing. I was so excited for it. Yep. Looks so pretty. Movie still looks pretty. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I was out thrifting and found the soundtrack for a dollar. And I was just, yeah, screw it. Yeah. And the soundtrack's really fun, too. And, but, God, that movie's so bad. <clears throat> so bad. Yep. Just couldn't, couldn't have been more disappointed with every single bit of that movie you know and and uh, i don't know all, all, all the Zack snyder stuff that comes out over the years i'm like well i guess i should have known yeah well like i'm if i remember correctly sucker punch was his movie after watchmen right yeah and i mean i had a few issues with watchmen but overall i i liked it i thought it was a good movie yeah um yeah you know, some of the changes they, you know, they did, uh, like not having the, you know, giant uh, octopus in it. Um, and then also, uh, you know, the fact that the the heroes weren't just vigilantes. They seemed to have, like, powers, like like super soldier powers. Um, I was like, eh, okay. Um, but overall, it was, it was a great movie, I thought. Um... So yeah, like going into you know when I heard about Sucker Punch, like like you said, like seeing the trailers and stuff, I was like, this looks amazing. Um, but for some reason, I didn't go see it in the theater. I can't remember why. Uh, but when it it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it, and it came in like that hard tin case, yeah, you know, and all that. And then I just I never heard anything good about it, and people I knew were telling me it was crap, and I. I think I watched it, but I might have fell asleep while I was watching it. I can't. I can't even remember. I've only seen like bits and pieces. Um, the the big problem is, you know, the concept I like the mm -hmm. the effects. You know, the it's so pretty. It looks like it could have been something. Yep. And it ends up being just so horribly misogynistic. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is, it's supposed to be, you know, like every bit of it looks like it's this female empowerment movie. And it just craps on them. It's a whole thing, and the ending's just one one big slap in the face for the ending of it. Yeah. Well, that was a good that was a good number five, if not for the fact that it sucked. Yeah. Uh, um. So my number five, I'm going with Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um. So I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan, uh, especially Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I think it's on my top five. Um, 
you know, like, I've been an indie fan. Like, I love Last Crusade. Even though as I got older, it's like, there, there's some problems there. But it was, overall, it was a good movie. Uh, even Temple of Doom, like, people kind of crapped on it. Um, I always liked Temple of Doom. I, you know, I always thought it was fun, especially when I was a kid. Um, but uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull... I was so excited for that movie. I was so excited. It was one of the first movies, because, um, I, I mean, the internet had been around for a while at that point, but I wasn't actually online until, like, 2006. Uh, it's when I was actually looking for a new job. Like, that's when, um, you know, when I discovered, you know, like, a lot of people don't take physical resumes. You have to apply online, blah, blah, blah. So I went out, invested in a computer, and... Um, one of the tra first trailers I ever watched was for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I was so excited about it. And I remember buying, um, I think it was Variety, an issue of Variety where they like they did like a behind-the-scenes shoot and uh, seeing Kate uh, Blanchett as, you know, the Russian um, bad guy, uh, you know, like I thought that was cool. You know, they're having to take place in the 50s. You know, there's going to be a, a science fiction element to it because, <clears throat> you know, like science fiction was, you know, uh, very, you know, prevalent in the 50s, you know, like with amazing stories and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, having Harrison Ford come back after, at that point, it had been almost 20 years, 18 years, I think. Um and, he, and I thought he looked good as Indy. Um, Karen Allen coming back uh, from, you know, she was originally on Raiders. Um, I You know, like, I, I was excited for this movie. And then I saw it, and it just did not hold up. It's definitely number four out of the Indiana Jones movies, like, from best to worst. It's the, it's the worst. Um, you know, some of the, like, it, they relied way too much on CGI in that, in that movie. Um, one, one, one of the things I liked about, you know, especially Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade is, you know, the practical, uh, special effects, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, they went on location and were filming things, but this felt very much like, uh, Star Wars prequel, like where you know they're on a sound, they're not actually in the Amazon, they're on a sound stage. Um, so that sucked. Um, I did, uh, like, honestly, the science fiction part of it, like the alien thing, I didn't actually mind that. Um, I, you know, because people were like, you know, like people roll in their eyes and they're like, well, you know, now it just became goofy. And it's like, yeah, but. You know, like, so in the Indiana Jones universe, they basically say that, you know, parallel worlds and other dimensions exist and there's other, you know, there's alien life forms out there. Why is that any different than, like, the Ark of the Covenant? You know, like, that it was a real object, that it had supernatural powers. Like, it's, it's you know, kind of not different um, in that you have to suspend some disbelief. Um, you know, not to say that the Ark didn't have that, that kind of power, but, you know... We don't know. And then, 
you know, uh, Temple of Doom had, you know, them pulling hearts out of people and, and they were still living and, and yeah, like, I mean, this is Indiana Jones, you know, so the sci- you know, the science fiction part, I didn't mind, but I think what threw me off the most was the u- overuse of CGI, one thing, Shia LaBeouf, I don't like, I don't, I do not like that actor, um, you know, I like I was not a fan of Transformers, like the movies, um, and that you know, like I guess at the time, like it was like a big get to get him to play Indiana Jones' son. But I just, I think they would, you know, like, like they could have done better. Like you could have had, uh, I don't know, some someone, anyone else really, uh, playing Indiana Jones' son. And then, yeah, like, when there's, you know, the, the, like, the scene where he's swinging through the jungle and then he does the Tarzan uh, cry or whatever you want to call it, yodel, or I don't know what you want to call it, but it, I just rolled my eyes. I was like, ugh, this is bad. This is so bad. And then those those tanks or whatever that are going through the jungle with the big, you know, saws on them and, and they're just cutting the jungle, you know, through the jungle... At high speeds, I'm like, eh, it doesn't work like that. Like, you know, like I know we're supposed to believe that this outfit that Kate Blanchett's part of is like some super secret Soviet science group and they have all these advanced technologies and stuff. And it's like, but I still don't buy it. I don't buy it. Um, so anyway, like fingers crossed, I got hopes for the next um, movie. You know, oh, and another thing, one thing I appreciate about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is that, you know, they didn't try and hide, you know, the, the, the age, like the, like the, the time, um, like the last crusade took place in 1938. It's not like this took place in 1940. Like they acknowledged like, yeah, a lot of times passed. I think it I think this Kingdom of the Crystal, Crystal Skull did take place in 1956 and I think the next movie is going to be like the late 60s. So, like, again, they're acknowledging the passage of time, and I appreciate that because, you know, Harrison Ford is an elderly man at this point. You know, we need to acknowledge that, and I'm cool with that. Because, um, you know, they're, you know, like... I, I know I know an elderly guy that uh, did an Iron Man. You know, and like I, I, I think like I would die trying to compete in an Ironman. I would literally have a heart attack. And this guy is like in his seventies, and he's doing Ironman. So like, I, I'm not knocking elderly people. You know, like I, I totally buy into that. Indiana Jones would be able to do, you know, what he does at his age. Um, but anyway, it's number five on my list because I was so excited about it. You know, fingers crossed. I was hoping, you know, we would maybe see some other stuff, but uh, no. So, <clears throat> all right. Uh, I wonder. Cap- oh, sorry, Cap. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, I wonder if Crystal Skull would have been received better if it came out closer to the other three, like if it came out in the 80s. Yeah. I, I mean, what. Yeah, you wouldn't have the CGI, you'd have practical effects, you wouldn't have Shia. Um, but, like, I remember people that 
Indiana Jones got built up so much and people kind of forget about Temple of Doom mm-hmm. because if you had Temple of Doom and Crystal Skull closer in years together, it'd be like, okay, yeah, we, we do these, you know, we can be crazy with it and silly with it and over the top. But, um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Last Crusade get wrapped up for the religious elements of it. So there are certain people that love it for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are people that view it as a very like religious movie, and then Young Indiana Jones people saw it as like historically accurate, or oh, here's you know here's a thing that families can watch together and your kids can learn from and everything. Mm-hmm. So then when Crystal Skull comes out, people are like, oh, it doesn't fit with Indiana Jones. It's like, well, you forget about Temple of Doom, and it does yep. fit with this world, but you've ignored that one movie for your own narrative here, and I get it, but it ends up you know, feeling like the odd person now, and, I, and the more you're talking about it, I'm like, I wonder if the number of years in between really damaged it. Like, if it could have just held more true to the the what we think of as the theme of it, if it did come out in the eighties. Yeah. I, I, I really like for me, the, like I said, the biggest setback was the overuse of CGI. Um, and I really think, you know, no offense to George Lucas, but I really think that was his influence because he had just come off the sequel or sorry, the prequel trilogy. And they used a lot, you know, they, a lot of their filming was done on sound stages um, but I can get behind that for Star Wars because these are alien planets. Um, you know, like this is supposed to be the Amazon, you know, like it, it just didn't feel like it, you know, like it, it really did feel like they were on its own stage and, and doing things that were just too hard to suspend your disbelief. Um, like I said, like comparing like Raiders to crystal skull like the the chase scene in raiders like when, when he's on the horse and he jumps on the truck and i love that scene like it, it i can watch that scene over and over again it, it's so awesome um you know you kind of have to suspend you know some disbelief like these guys are really bad shots you know like it shouldn't be that hard to hit a guy on a horse or or shoot the horse you know like something but you just kind of suspend it but that whole jungle sequence with you know them going back and forth, cutting trees down while they're still driving. It's like, no, like there's no way those things would would be able to like those things, like just the logistics of it. Like you'd be literally running over the trees that you just cut down and you would be bouncing all over the place. Like there's no way you could have a high speed chase in the Amazon. What they should have done was just had it on a road. Like, I'm sure that's, but you know, like you could say, like the Soviets made a road, you know, to the, to the site, um, you know, prior to them getting there, you know, and then, like I said, like the whole Tarzan thing like that, that just, that, and I realized, you know, like they're paying homage to Tarzan and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, no, like, that's just, that's dumb. That's silly. That's goofy. You know, it you you took it a little too far, a little too far. Uh, but yeah, like I remember, two thousand and one, it would have been like the twentieth anniversary of of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I remember Entertainment Tonight did this um, like hour long special, and I remember back in two thousand one, that's when they re released the original three movies on VHS, 
and I remember buying them. And I remember watching that Entertainment Tonight special, and they were talking to Kevin Costner, because, like, one of the rumors that came out of the 90s was that if they did a fourth Indiana Jones film, uh, they were going to get Kevin Costner to play Indy's brother. Um, which we didn't see, or... Like, I don't know if he was on Young Indiana Jones. He might have been there. I don't know, but I don't think so. Um... So I don't know how that would have worked, but it, it would have been awesome. I just thought it would be amazing to see Kevin Costner acting against her, you know, with Harrison Ford in a fourth movie. Like I just, I think that would have been spectacular casting. Um, but instead we got stuck with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. God. But anywho, uh, Kevin, number four on your list. Okay. <clears throat> so I remember I was I was actually talking about it um, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember this movie coming out. Um, the trailer looked amazing. It just looked like something that the way I worded it is. I remember thinking this is the movie that's going to like speak to a generation. Like as much as we had our fun ones, we were growing up like Goonies mm-hmm. and Monster Squad and stuff like that. Like this looked like the movie to speak to my teenage years and, and give meaning and, and be highly quotable and stuff like that. And then I saw the movie and I was like, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. I'm not enjoying this at all. Maybe you'll turn around by the ending. And then the ending happens out of nowhere. I'm like, well, that sucked. And I wasted money. And that was a early mid nineties movie called powder. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So the trailers, like he, he's albino, um, but he, it looks like he has some sort of like electrical powers or some, some sort of connection or whatever going on. Yeah. And it looks like it's going to be something about, you know, differences, but accepting people. And maybe he's the one that shows the way and, and, and shows, you know, a, a, a new future for everyone. And I, just the way the trailers were, I thought it was going to just be like this deep, emotionally resonant movie that I would have to buy immediately and watch constantly and mm-hmm. really learn from it. And, you know, when I was in certain moods, I could watch this movie and it'd make me feel better or give me motivation. And I saw it that one time in the theater and was like, that was terrible. And I've never watched a second of it since. It's just so upset and disappointed. And, and, Part of that's what I was bringing into it, too, mm-hmm. sure. But if I was the only one wrong, then it'd be a movie that still pops up sometimes. But that movie just came and went, and mm-hmm. no one ever mentioned it again, except for people like me that you know, saw that initial release and were equally disappointed. Yeah, I, I have never watched it. Um, I, I know of it. I remember... At the time, like around the time when it came out, I was still in high school, and we had this one guy that uh, used to shave his head all the time, uh, just because, like, you know, he could pull it off. And um, for Halloween, he shaved his head, and then, like, they put, like, uh, white, you know, I don't know what what makeup term that is, but the white powdery stuff that women put on. Yeah. Um, So he, and he was powdered. For, for the costume contest or whatever we had at our school. Um, 
that and yeah, that's that's about all I have. That's all my association with that movie. Well, I mean, it, like calling someone powder stuff around for a while. It was you know I don't know uh, a rookie. You know, a rookie for a sports team has to shave their head, and everyone calls him Powder the next day. You know, stupid crap like that. Mm-hmm. That stuck around for a little bit, you know, maybe a year or so, but that's it. Yep. And I I, I know it's on VHS because I've seen it. Um, I got to imagine it's on DVD, but it's not like it pops up, you know, on, uh, like, cable repeats or streaming or anything like that. Like, it is just buried. No one yep. cares about it. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, now that you say that, I don't think I've ever, like, come across it, ever. No, no, and, and those trailers and everything, I I was sold. I, I may have even seen it day one in the theater. Yeah. I thought it was going to be my movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, so you already mentioned him, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Uh, number four on my list is uh, Man of Steel the movie and then the subsequent Snyder verse of films. Yeah. Um, so I've, I like Superman. Um, you know, I know for some people he's kind of a divisive character. Like I know, uh, uh, one of the, my old podcasting co-hosts, uh, Jeff, he used to hate Superman. He's like, it's such a stupid concept, you know, like this guy that can do anything like it's, it's dumb. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it's, you, you can still tell stories, you know, that are good. Um, like All-Star Superman is one of my favorite comic book series. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, and Superman can be used effectively uh, when when done right. Uh, that being said, when I was a kid, I did love the Christopher Reeve movies. But as I got older, I grew to like them less and less. Um, when, you know, and I mean, you know, especially the Superman one, you know, like they were literally changing the way movies were being made. Like, you know, the tagline was, um, you'll believe a man can fly. And I know a lot of people felt that they were like, oh my God, like, how did they do this? This is so awesome. Uh, but as we get old, you know, as we got older and movies got better, it's like you watch them now, it's like, eh. especially when I was a kid, I loved that Richard Pryor one, like Superman 3, and now it's it's so hard to watch, like, it's so bad. Um, I just, and also the ending, like, I just remember that lady when she turns into, like, the robot woman, like, that just scared the yeah. shit out of me as a kid. Um, and I remember liking Superman 4, like, you know, when he, fight, when he fights Nuclear Man and and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, but now it's just so terrible, like, it, you know, like, and, you know, they had such, you know, like, I, you know, I've since learned, you know, like, they had, you know, a lot of issues behind the scenes, you know, filming and, and all that kind of stuff, so I was really hopeful for Man of Steel, you know, like, you had Zack Snyder, who did, who did Watchmen, but he also did Sucker Punch. So I was like, eh, hopefully it's more like Watchmen. Um, you know, doing a, a Superman movie. And to be honest with you, I didn't have an issue with it. There's a few things that I had problems with. Like, you know, when he lets Pa Kent die there. I'm like, that's... 
I, I don't know. I just thought it was silly. I, you know, like Paul Kent is meant to just have a heart attack and fall over. Um, you know, the fact that he could have saved his dad but chose not to, I think was a step in the wrong direction. Like the whole point of like when Paul Kent dies in the Richard Donner film is that there's nothing he could do. Like he has all this power, but he can't save his father. Uh, so Superman, you know, he learns uh, early on he can't do everything. Um, and I really think that they should, you know, like it should they should have kept with that instead of you know him having to choose like do I keep my secret or do I save him and you know Pac Kent you know tells him not to. I, you know, I just thought that was a bad creative choice. Um, the casting was spot on. You know, like. Like Kevin Costner as Pa Kent, um, I'm drawing a blank on Ma Kent, uh, Martha, um, oh, I can't remember the actress's name, um, and then, uh, Russell Crowe as, uh, Jor-El, like, I thought that was fantastic, uh, Amy Adams as Lois Lane, I thought she did a fine job. To be honest with you, I was okay with the movie, uh, you know, like where he, you know, he leaves and he, you know, he's basically working odd jobs and, and then Lois tracks him down and, and she, you know, she figures it out, which I thought was brilliant because, you know, like she's the world's greatest investigative reporter. Like, of course she's going to figure out who Superman is. Like, it, you know, like that was one of the, the tropes that used to drive me nuts about Superman was that Lois was always too dumb to realize the guy she's standing next to was the guy she was in love with. So I like the fact that Snyder was like, no, we're going to do it this way. I liked that. I liked everything up until when uh, he snaps Zod's neck. Then I was like, again, I, you know, I don't think you should have done that. You know, like, I realize he did it to save the people in the room. Um, but there's, you know, like, the thing with Superman is he always finds a better way, you know, normally. And killing Zod like that, I thought was a mistake. I didn't like that. And then him ultimately, you know, adapting the, the Clark Kent persona and then just getting a job at the Daily Planet. And like, cause you know, prior to that, they made no indication that he had went to college, had done anything. Basically, he just hit the road, um, and was working at truck stops and stuff. Like he he didn't become a reporter, and then all of a sudden, Perry White just hires some random dude off the street. Like, hey, you can be a reporter. I'm going to give you a job. Oh, you're wearing glasses. You know, that's good. You need those for being a news reporter. Like it was just so dumb. And he's like, well, you know, I'm going to... I forget what his line was. It was something like, you know, you know, uh, I need to keep my ear... You know, I don't know. Ear to the street, or I, I can't remember what it was. So as soon as they reverted back to that, and I really do think that was the studio saying, you can't have Superman just be Superman. He has to be Clark Kent at the Daily Planet. Like, that has to happen. I really felt that that was like a last-minute decision. Like it, you know, because it happens right at the end of the movie. And like I said, there was no buildup. There was no nothing to suggest that he did any kind of schooling or anything. 
prior to that. And then we're just kind of led to believe that uh, Perry White kind might know that he's Superman. That's why he hired him. Wink, wink. But they don't actually come out and say it. Like it, it was, it was dumb, you know. And I, and like I said, like I, it, as soon as I seen that, I was like, yeah, that was when Warner Brothers stepped in and was like, you got to have him be Clark Kent. <coughs> yeah, I mean, and and you're right. There are ways to do Superman and. As a longtime comic reader and tried to write stuff, like I got my own Superman ideas. I think everyone would. Yeah. But yeah. so many of them just don't hit on it. And I, I, I'll skip it because I was debating on Adam Snyderverse stuff. Um, Batman versus Superman really bothers me mm-hmm. because yeah. they make Superman so dark and grim and gritty. I'm like, he's not an opposite to Batman if he's exactly like Batman. That ruins the whole point. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's not quite Snyder, but, you know, it. no, no, I'll save this one. Never mind. Well, the the thing thing is, like, I totally totally agree with you, because, like, Batman would have snapped Zod's neck to save people. Superman wouldn't have. Like, Superman would have, like, flew him up into the sky or something. You know, like, he would have done something. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't, like, that whole dark turn... And like I said, letting Pa Kent die the way he did, I was like, I don't... Like, it's getting too dark. Um, And then, I don't know, like, you know... They were going one direction, and then they just did a complete 180, like, with the whole Clark Kent thing. It came out of nowhere. I hated that. And then, yeah, subsequently, Batman versus Superman. Batman's logic doesn't make any sense to me like i don't like i it makes sense to me that batman would come up with a way to kill him just in case you know like we've seen that um in the tower of babel uh storyline in justice league um where he you know raz al ghul finds his um uh plans to take out the justice league like and then he uses batman's own plans to take out his friends like, it would totally make sense that Batman would have things planned out like that, just in case. But to to just decide to take out Superman just because he might turn? Like, that, that, that Batman logic makes no sense at all. Um, I, did, I didn't mind uh, Ben Affleck as Batman. I just, I felt he got too jacked for it, though. Because um, Bruce Wayne's not typically not a beefy guy and i felt yeah that's a good point yeah yeah, i I just felt he was too jacked for for batman um and then yeah so when i went and seen batman versus superman again you know like this is a movie that i've dreamt about my whole life as a comic book fan you know like seeing this in in a movie format and then it just just they they crapped on it. They totally crapped on it. You know, uh, you know, making Zod into Doomsday was stupid. I hate what's his name <laughs> as Lex Luthor. Um, oh, he's terrible at it. Yeah, well, it's like they missed an opportunity to have Brian Cranston be Lex Luthor. Um, I've also saw a recent post 
I think it was on Facebook with uh, Billy D or not Billy D, uh, Billy Zane. Uh, uh, someone's, you know, like someone said, Billy Zane should be Lex Luthor, and he he does look pretty good, like for you know with the baldness and and he is a good actor. He does play a good bad guy. Um, if if you've ever watched Titanic, you know, like he was pretty good in that. Um, but and then yeah, like Justice League, ugh, like I have I haven't even seen the Snyder cut. Like I just I don't care. You you don't have five hours in you with nothing else to do. Yeah, well, I I I debated it. Like people said, you know, just watch an hour and then you know go back to it and you know, like it's streaming. You can always pick up where you left off. But it's like I don't even know if I want to do that. You know, like I I just don't care because they're not going to be making any more. Um, but who knows now? Like it, everything's all up in the air because apparently Ben Affleck's coming back as Batman in. Is it Shazam he's going to be in? I can't remember. Is it Shazam? There, there, there's... Um, or Black... Because I saw it too, but I didn't see what movie they were saying for. Or maybe it's Aquaman too. I can't remember. It, it's something where he's going to be coming back. Yeah. And it's like, eh. And then, like, the, the Batgirl movie that got cancelled. They were going to have... Uh, Michael Keaton as an older Batman, but then they were also going to have J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. So Ben Affleck's Commissioner Gordon would be with Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah, and it's like that does you know I don't know it doesn't make sense. But anyway, um, yeah, th- those movies pretty much. I was looking for, especially Man of Steel, like I said, I was so looking forward to, um, you know, having Superman done right. Because I, I and and I did not really care for uh, Superman Returns, or Superman Stairs, uh, as it's referred to, or Superman the Stalker. Um, it's Superman Returns is also referred to as. Um, it, wa- it should have been good, it wasn't good. Uh, I like Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Um, and I did like, what's his name, as Brandon Routh as Superman. I thought he was excellent. And Henry Cavill's great, too. Like, I think Henry Cavill's a fantastic Superman. Um, it's just, unfortunately, you know, they, they decided to go dark with him, and it just it doesn't work. No. You know, like Superman, like they say, Superman's supposed to be a beacon of hope. Like his his sigil, his family sigil, uh, the S means hope on Krypton. And you just didn't feel hope with Man of Steel. Like it felt pretty hopeless, pretty dark. Um, all right, Kevin, number three on your list. Okay, it's number three for the experience, but I, I honestly don't remember a thing from the movie um you briefly mentioned titanic and then leonardo dicaprio had a huge run right after that mm-hmm. um i <clears throat> i don't know the exact time frame i feel like romeo and juliet had come out after titanic and i like yeah it has its flaws too but i overall like that movie 
And then a bunch of us seeing what, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio could do with a, a classic idea. Mm-hmm. We were very intrigued by um, the man in the iron mask. Yep. And it was uh, a big summer release. It had been summer, considering when I saw it. And a group of us went in two cars to the drive-in, um, which was like half hour away while we were grown up. So, like, really close. Yeah. I think it was like $5 for your car. You get say, two movies. Yep. You know, you're in the car listening off the radio. You got their snack bar thing that always had like good food at it and all. And I, I, I was in the car with a girl I was dating that time in high school. One of my best friends was in the car with a girl he was dating that time. The two of them were friends and all. And he's motioning to roll down the window. And I was like, what's up? He said, do you have any idea anything that's happening in this movie? I said, you know what? I don't. Nothing is sticking with me past the first minute it's on the screen. Mm-hmm. Not not a single name, not a plot, not anything. And it's, you know, 40 minutes, let's say. Yeah. You want to just leave and we'll go to, you know, like Denny's or something like that? I go, you know what? That's a great idea. Like, despite paying very little and having the opportunity to see two movies mm-hmm. and being in a car with my then girlfriend, like, could have just made out and let the movie play. Yeah. No, it was better... It was a more interesting offer to leave because we just couldn't get into a second of the movie, and it was just, it was so forgettable. We're forgetting it as it's playing. Yeah, that's that's not a good sign. I, like honestly, I don't think I've ever seen it. I um, I think my sister rented it once when I was still living at home. I think. Um, because he he's like the, from what I remember, he's the king, but he's also the man in the iron mask is like his double. Yeah. yeah. So this guy wears a mask, like it's like bolted to his face, and then they take it off, and he's just like good looking Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep, and then he switches places with the king, so the king can go do, you know, what he really wants to do instead of rule. And so basically, it was like that Kevin Klein movie. Um, was it Dave? Is that what it's called? You know, in a way, and I never thought of that, but Dave, in a way, is Man in the Iron Mask. I never thought of that. But yeah, you got a point there. That's a good movie. Yeah, I love Dave. I, I You know, I remember, yeah, in the 90s, watching it on HBO a bunch of times. Um, yeah, yeah, even my mom, that's like a once-a-year one, to just rewatch it and enjoy it all over again. Yeah, because it's Kevin Klein, Sigourney Weaver, right? Yep. And then Ving Rames plays his bodyguard, I want to say. Uh, I, just, I don't remember that, but it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I think he was like the Secret Service guy that was like assigned to him. Um, yeah, no, that, yeah, that was a great movie. But yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, similar plot where like the president wanted to go out and, you know, and screw around on his wife and stuff, so... He got this guy that looked like him to take his place. Yeah, and then bad stuff <clears throat> happens, but it's, yep. you're so endeared to him. Yep. Um, but it, like, post-Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio had, you know, a run of movies, and really none of them were good. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll double back. I do like Romeo and Juliet for what it is, but I also know it's flawed, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
I think I saw the beach at the at the drive-in too. Yep. And I, I mean, you know, watching it like I don't care. We all came because this was a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, and it felt like at that age that's what we're supposed to do. And I do not care. Yeah. But but still staying to watch the whole thing. But that man the Iron Mask one was just like I I would rather waste the money and leave than sit through another minute of this. Yeah. Yeah, the beach I didn't mind. And actually <clears throat> Leonardo, I actually liked him before Titanic. He was in uh uh What's Eating Gilbert Grape with yep. uh, Johnny Depp and um he was amazing in that. And then he was in uh, Basketball Diaries with yep. uh, Mark Wahlberg, I want to say. Um, which I thought was a good film uh, in terms of, you know, showing like drug addiction and, and, and how it can take over a person and how things spiral out of control. But, uh, yeah, and Titanic was good. and Same uh, fun funny thing i i remember his early work from growing pains yes yep because yeah he was like their cousin or something i think i thought he was like a student um that uh uh kirk cameron whatever his character was um that he got like teaching or counseling or something like that and leonardo DiCaprio's character didn't have a home um so he brings him in to live in the house with them it, it and, yeah, uh, it's, it might have been. I, I, it's been so long, I can't remember. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah. excellent. Um, all right. Well, number three on my list, I'm going with Planet of the Apes, two thousand and one. Good one. So this is the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, like I'm a huge f- fan of the original Planet of the Apes movies. Um, I watched the first one, I want to say like 89, something like that. I'd never watched it before. I just remember seeing it at the uh, video store and my mom's like, yeah, I think you'll like this. And I had no idea about the ending or nothing. So when, when, you know, spoilers, um, when the Statue of Liberty is revealed, like, I just remember being in shock like oh my god like i gotta watch the next one and then the next one comes and they blow up the earth and i'm like how the hell do you make a sequel after you blow up the earth and they did and and it worked and um you know i love those movies uh when they re-released them in 1998 i went out and bought them all on vhs and and i sent away for the uh, like, if you bought all the, the VHS tapes, you got, like, a behind-the-scenes documentary for free. You just had to pay shipping or whatever. You just had to send your proof of purchase. So I did that. And and I remember even, like, back then, like, uh, writing down concepts for, like, doing a, a, a Planet of the Apes TV show or, or uh, a movie. Uh, continuing, you know, with the, you know, the original movies. Um, and then I heard they were remaking it. And I was like, okay, Tim Burton, you know, like he, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of 1989 Batman. Um, I do like Beetlejuice. I do like, uh, um, oh, uh, 
crap, I'm blanking on the name of that movie now, uh, where he he was playing the, the, the director from Plan 9 from Outer Space, uh, Johnny Depp. Ed Wood. Ed Wood, yes, I love Ed Wood. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I don't like everything Tim Burton does, but um, I figured, you know, what he did for Batman, maybe he could do for Planet of the Apes. And I just remember watching that film and being so disappointed and, like, almost falling asleep because I was so bored. Um, like, why are the humans talking? Why, you know, why do you have Charlton Heston dressed as an ape calling, you know, talking about damn dirty humans? It's like, ugh. Like, it was, it was so bad. Um, and it could have been so good. Like, the, the, the makeup looked good. Um, like, like, they really, like, the writing is where it, it, they shot themselves in the foot. Um... And then that whole reveal at the end when he goes home and there's Abraham Lincoln. And I'm like, ugh, why? Uh, I'm so glad they didn't do any more after that. It was, it was, it was bad. Um, it was one of those movies, like I, like I said, I was, like, I was literally falling asleep. I was so tired and bored. And, but I, I stuck with it because I was like, I got to see how this ends. And then I was like, I never want to see it again. I don't think I ever have. Um, that being said, you know, in 2011, when they came out with Rise of the Planet of the Apes, you know, these new Planet of the Apes movies, I'm not the biggest fan of, but they're better than the 2001 version. Like, they're not as good as the classic Planet of the Apes movies, um, but they're not bad. But the 2001, I felt, was just bad. I just, I was so disappointed in that. And I remember it was one of the first movies that our local theater got on premiere night. Um, because I had already made uh, plans to go to the city that that night. Or no, I think I seen it on the Saturday. I made plans to go out with my friends on Friday night. And I was going to stay at my buddy's place, and then we were going to go see the movie on Saturday. And my local, like here in Barhead, got it like that that Friday night. Um, so I remember my mom went and watched it, and, you know, she, you know, she liked it, but uh, I told her I didn't like it. Um, I had a lot of problems with it. <laughs> but, anywho... Uh, Kevin, what's number three on your list? Uh, my three? Or is or, that... No, I, sorry, two. two. Sorry, we're at two yeah. now. All right, so <clears throat> we're talking DC stuff before, and I was going to throw it in then, but it's not a uh, Snyder one, so I'm like, you know, no, no, I'll keep it for myself. <clears throat> um, So that is the third Batman movie for the Chris Nolan universe. Hmm. Uh, Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. Um, that is not a Batman movie at all. There is a... There's nothing wrong with the um, story, but it's not Batman. Mm-hmm. You call that something else, like, you know, the Night Avenger or something? I don't know what. Movie's fine. But that is not a Batman movie because it starts off with, yeah, I just went away for a while. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's not what Batman would do. You wouldn't just go away for a while. Yeah. You know, 
and then the uh, how I mean, like your back's broken. You're not gonna just heal in a pit without surgery and stuff like that. I know it's supposed to be your your drive to yeah. live and succeed and be Batman, but that same drive had you taken off a few years to go hang out in cafes. So what what real drive did you have? And then, but it's okay. Our new warrior here of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is not Robin, but called Robin at the end very briefly. Yeah, he's gonna help save the day too and drive the plot forward. Yep. And I'm just like, this is terrible, especially after Dark Knight, because that's just such a good movie, one of the best superhero movies ever. And Dark Knight, uh, you know. Bane's voice is all screwy. The Catwoman costume is actually like, it, it's actually really bad. Mm-hmm. It's just her little weird goggle things that kind of make cat ears, but not. Like, there's just a ton in there that is not Batman. If you could call it something else and pretend it's someone else, I, my issues with the movie go away or are at least lessened. But. You know, Batman quitting, Batman leaving, him just, you know, taking off other places. No, he's driven to make Gotham a better place because of what happened to his parents. That's not like a, I put in a year or two and it's fine now. Yeah. I got rid of Joker. We're all good. No, there's other villains here. You need to be around and on guard. And it just bothers me because it's supposed to be a Batman movie and there's no Batman in it, really. Yep. Nothing that, you know, is what Batman should be. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, but going back to The Dark Knight, I like that movie. My problem with it is the very end. When, you know, the whole, you know, like, we need to protect Harvey's, you know, secret. And yeah. We need to make people think I'm the bad Like, why? You know, like, that's that was so stupid. Like, I, I hated that part. It's like, why does Batman have to be the bad guy? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, but anyway. yeah, I mean, it, it it created some cool visuals at the end. I'm like, are right, he's being chased and they're shattering the bat signal? I'm like, this this is interesting. Yeah. Um, and there's something going on in the comics right now too, where Batman's accused of murder and the GCPD like really tries to distance themselves from him as this investigation's going on. I'm like, okay, that's interesting, but. You're right there, like, oh, we need to protect Harvey's legacy. I don't know who my town DA is. Yeah. I don't know what his legacy is, nor do I care. Well, and and not just that, but it's it's not really brought up in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, You know, like, wouldn't Jordan, or Joseph Gordon-Levitt be like, hey, didn't you kill Harvey Dent? Like, why am I working with you? Yeah. Again, it's just yeah, conveniently forgotten. But yeah, it. I don't know. People, you know, people put the Nolan trilogy on this pedestal, and I'm like, no, Dark Knight Rises does not cut it. No way. Yeah, and and I I think I bought it, but really I watched it once, not even in the theater. Um, you know, finally at some point years later, I'm like, oh geez, I should really sit down and watch that. And I watched it, I'm like, all right, I didn't care. I don't know if they'll ever watch it again. Yep. I, you know, I checked it off the list, but otherwise I do not care. Yep. Yep, agreed. Um, all right. Uh, let's see, where are we here? Number two. 
I'm going with Terminator 3 and the subsequent sequels. Um, Terminator 1, I love that movie. Scared the shit out of me as Mm -hmm. a kid. Um, Like, it it really did. Um, Like, I think I was four or five when I watched that movie. And... You know, when Arnie goes to the cop shop and, like, takes out all the cops, that scared the hell out of me as a kid. Um, You know, and then, like, all this talk about nuclear war and the machines taking over, like... um, Yeah, that movie gave me nightmares. Um, Because growing up, you're, you're, you know, you're taught that police officers are your protectors. They'll protect you. But seeing Arnie, like, take out a whole police station, that really... uh, Rocked, rocked me as a kid. Uh, but it stuck with me, and I liked the movie. And then Terminator 2 came out, and it it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, it, it was just perfect. Um, the story was great. The special effects were amazing. Like, like nowadays, you know, we take these, these things for granted. But back then, um, you know, like, they were really cutting edge. You know, especially, like, the T-1000. Or, um, is it the T-1000? Yeah. Um, the shape-shifting uh, Terminator. Like, it, it was mm-hmm. awesome. Like, it was great. Um, you know, there was rules that had to be applied. You know, like, he couldn't turn himself into a bomb. He couldn't be complica- complex machinery. Um, so, you know, he would, like, turn his arm into a into a blade and all that kind of stuff. Like, it, it was amazing, scary. Um, and then it ends on hope. You know, like, they, they defeat the Terminator. They potentially defeat Skynet because, you know, they get rid of, you know, they destroy uh, where Daystrom worked. I, no, is it Daystrom? I can't remember. The the, the 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 guy that created, ends up creating Skynet, they get rid of all his work and... No, Dyson. His, his last name was Dyson. Um, but anyway, you know, like, it was a perfect way to end that franchise. But then, of course, you know, they want to make money. Studios like, well, we got this property. It's just kind of sitting there. Let's do something with it. And then 2003, uh, Terminator 3 came out. And I was given it the benefit of the doubt. Um, but immediately, being a Canadian, I could tell it was filmed in Vancouver. Um, because, like, when they're, in, like, you know, using air quotes, when they're in L.A. And I'm seeing... You know, the Bank of Nova Scotia, uh, a different Canadian, you know, um, companies in this city. I'm like, eh, you're definitely not in L.A. Um, and I you know, I could just tell it was being filmed in, in Vancouver. Um, I hated the recast of uh, John Connor. Um, I hated the fact that, you know, that they killed off Sarah Connor off screen. We don't see her. Um, I hate the fact that, like, they have Arnie dressing up like he did in T2, but he's going to a male strip club, and there's a stripper that just happens to be dressed like him from Terminator 2 that just happens to be built like him. Like, in, in Terminator 2, that was such an awesome scene when he walks into that country bar and, you know, beats the crap out of those guys and takes that guy's clothes on his bike. Like, it's such a badass scene. Um, but this Terminator 3, they turn it into, like, this really bad joke. 
you know, and then like in the movie, you know, Arnie's saying like talk to the palm because that's like what the stripper told him to. So he, the Terminator's telling people this talk to the palm. I'm like, oh my god, this is not good. And then the bad Terminator, she can make complex machines out of herself. Like I think she shape shifted a gun or something into her arm. Um, yeah, like it, it was bad all around. I remember hating that movie so much. Um, I hated the explanation, like when John Connor asks Arnie, like I thought we prevented Skynet, and oh no, you just de delayed the inevitable. Skynet will always happen. It's like, no, like they literally destroyed everything that Skynet they would have used to create Skynet. So how could Skynet just become? a thing anyway like at least they could have you know maybe showed some footage from terminator 2 like when they're about to you know destroy the arnie thing and then maybe have another terminator show up just before that and that's how skynet gets created like but you know this explanation of oh it, it, it's just gonna happen anyway it's like no that's not how it works at least not in my mind um, and then, yeah, like, they did, uh, Terminator Salvation, which wasn't as bad. Um, you know, I, I, Bryce Dallas Howard was good in it, and, uh, uh, Christian Bale was, was good as John Connor. I, I like that they, you know, like, they showed this future war and stuff. Um, but, uh, you know... I don't know. I didn't like the ending of it. I, and then that was supposed to be a trilogy that never happened. And then they did Terminator Genesis. That was a big pile of steaming, you know, crap. Um, and then they did the most recent one. I can't even remember that. But they had what Linda Hamilton come back. I didn't even see. I didn't even try and watch that one. That I just knew that was garbage. Um, I just wish they would let this franchise rest, like, just stop, you know, like, you guys are not figuring out what it takes to make a good Terminator movie after Terminator 2. <laughs> but, anywho, uh, Kevin, number one on your list. Alright, so, I have issues with, like, number one and all the sequels, but... I remember being so excited for these movies coming out. There's probably a group of us all around the same age trying to get the nostalgia feel. Mm -hmm. And I, I still don't know who it's from or who this movie's for. If it's for little kids or what, but it, it did not do anything for us. And uh, I'm counting all of them, but specifically Michael Bay's first Transformers movie. Mm. Yep. So excited for it. And there's so much stupid Shia LaBeouf's storylines there's so much with his family there's like dogs taking a leak jokes there's autobots hiding in the garden in his backyard mm -hmm. and i'm like i went to see transformers to see giant space robots fighting each other yep not to see this doofy guy and his family and exactly. then what really kills me and, I, and i've mentioned it before on things is there's no color in there. So it's just, you know, some 
some space robot smashing another one. But I don't know who is who, and I don't care. Yep. And it just gets going so fast and so many different angles, and you're like, this is Transformers. This is something I want to see since the 80s up on the screen here, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I'll have, you know, every so often you'll be goofing around with friends or coworkers, whatever, and it's like, oh, what what do you think the best uh, Transformers movie is? Like, oh, the first one. They're like, oh, let's try I'm like, no, the animated one. One from 86. Yeah. That's the best one. Yep. Now, I, I will say, Bumblebee's actually good. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I, I haven't seen it, but... Lots of fun, but it's also not Michael Bay. Mm, yeah. So that helps a lot. There's there's color. Bumblebee's yellow in it. Imagine that. And it actually does something to help you care about the character. Isn't that an interesting concept? Yep. But And I've seen almost all of them. I feel like there's one I... There's at least one I haven't for sure, maybe even two. But I was so excited when I saw the second, second. Like, well, they can't mess up again. Oh, th- but they did. Yep. I think the second was the one that had the race of stereotype Autobots. Oh, okay. Um, it's been so long. And and all of these, like, they're the Transformers ones. And I think I may have rewatched the first one within, like, the last two years. Because my kid had a very brief, like, oh, what are Transformers? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably when uh, around whenever Bumblebee was coming out. Um, I think he wanted to watch the first one to see what was going on, and then he ended up not caring about it. I was like, well, that's good, because I don't care about it either, and we just jumped out to Bumblebee. Like, yeah. from what I understand, bud, you don't have to watch these ones. And he's like, alright, I don't want to watch them. <laughs> so me either. Yeah, I remember uh, I watched the first one, and I didn't like it. Again, yeah, like, I want to watch a movie about the Transformers. I don't care about the human characters. Uh, it shouldn't be a movie about the human characters. It should be about the Transformers. Um, and then, didn't Leonard Nimoy do one? Uh, I want to say the third one? Dark Side of the Moon or something? Was uh, Yeah, like some old Transformer that was hiding on there. Yeah, and then there was one with Mark Wahlberg, right? Uh, at least one, maybe two. I seen one with him. I don't know which one it was. I didn't mind it, but I was like, eh, I, I don't really care. Uh, and yeah, I haven't seen Bumblebee, but I know back in the day, my son really liked them. Like, it, like, it was definitely geared more towards him. But yeah, I'm not a fan of Michael Bay taking over my childhood properties. Like, I I hate the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies he did. See, I have not done those, and there's part of me that has a curiosity for them. <clears throat> Like, I yeah. kind of want you to, to say that I've seen it, but not really that much. Yeah. No, I, I, I watched the first one, and it was so terrible, I didn't bother seeing the second one. I just don't understand. Like, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990 movie, was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like... Again, you know, using practical special effects, you know, utilizing Jim Henson's workshop, it worked. You know, the second and third one sucked because uh, I actually just watched a video about this. The second movie, um, they really had to dumb it down and like reduce the violence because of all the complaints from like the like the parent 
groups and stuff, and the focus groups that were saying the first movie was too violent. Um, so, like, in the second movie, like, you don't even see Michelangelo using his nunchucks. Um, and then they tried to make it too goofy. And it was so bad that the reason why we got Toka and Razor instead of Bebop and Rocksteady is because Kevin uh, Eastman and Peter Laird would not allow them to use Bebop Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, they had the rights to them, and they thought the script was so bad, they are like, no, you guys are not putting them in your movie. So they had to create these two new characters for the second movie. And then Casey Jones, the reason why we don't see him wearing his uh, goalie mask in the third movie is because apparently a focus group said he looked too much like Jason Voorhees uh, in the first movie. So that's why he doesn't wear a mask in the third movie. So anyway, yeah, it just... I think if you went back, you know, you talked to Jim Henson, his company, um, uh, and, you know, redo the suits or whatever. And, and I mean, use some CGI. Like, I'm not against using CGI in a movie, but do it in a... When you're dealing with characters that are on a street level, you have to not get carried away. And, like, that first Michael Bay Ninja Turtles, like, it, they just got too carried away. It's like... You know, they drive a few minutes out of New York City, and they're, like, in the Rocky Mountains. I'm like, when, I, is, when is there mountains by New York City? Like, not I, I, like not little mountains. Like, we're talking, like, they're in the Rockies. But, I remember there was some site that did an article, and they are like, oh, there's actually a portal in the sewers that transports them. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then, the, yeah, like, because apparently the New York sewer system goes through these mountains, because they do this whole thing where they're going through the, these mountain, like, slide system or something. I don't know. It was dumb. But, anywho. Alright, so, number one on my list. I went with Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um... Now, like like I said, you know, these are top five movies that we were excited for, but ultimately disappointed with. I don't hate Episode 1. I think there's a lot of good things about Episode 1, but, you know, ultimately, after 16 years of waiting, and all, and, you know, just to put in the context for people that may not remember or may not have been around at that time, um, leading up to this movie, there was a lot of hype. You know, like, there was literally people camped out for months to get tickets to go see this movie. Um, like, uh, the theater that I saw it in, in West Edmonton Mall, it was a brand new theater. Like, it literally opened that weekend. Like, they spit, like, like, they tailored the opening of their theater to coincide with the release of Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. And I think there's... Oh, is there 16 theater or 16 screens in that theater? And all of them were showing The Phantom Menace that weekend. And I remember going in, like that was my first time being at that theater, you know, just being amazed by this theater. Um, you know, like anyone who wants to check it out, go to YouTube, type in West Edmonton Mall uh, movie theater. 
back in the year, you know, in 1999, it was, it was a big thing. Like they had like this animatronic dragon in there that breathed fire and it, it was amazing. Um, and I remember going to watch the Phantom Menace, you know, 16 years. I remember, you know, that opening crawl, you know, just being so excited and then at the end of the movie, I remember thinking, did I like that movie? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I literally had to process it for a few weeks. Um, and out of the prequels, like, like I said, you know, there's good things about it. Like, I like Darth Maul. I like, you know, like, I know a lot of people didn't like the politics, but I, I, I liked it because it showed how, you know, Palpatine would eventually become the emperor and, and, you know, like it, you know, explaining that, um, I did not like Jar Jar Binks, you know, no offense to, to Ahmed Best. Uh, he did fine with the, the, the material he was given for that character. Um, I just found him really annoying. Not, not, not so much so that, you know, I w was one of those fans that, uh, you know, wished he was dead or anything like that. Like, that's just taking things way too far. I just think George Lucas, he he needed someone to co-write this movie with him, especially when it came to dialogue. And I think he surrounded himself with yes-men who were too afraid to say anything to him. Um, like, somebody should have pulled George to the side and been like, George... This Jar Jar character, he's not funny. It's not working. Like, I realize you you think, like, little kids might like him. And maybe little kids do. I don't know. I was 19 at the time. But, you know, it, he's not working. Like, you know, maybe utilize... You know, like, back in the original trilogy, you know, a lot of the comic relief fell on C-3PO and R2-D2. Like, maybe we need to go back to that. Um... But, yeah, it, I just remember ultimately being disappointed um, with it. And, you know, Attack of the Clones wasn't a lot better, but I I don't know. I, li I liked Attack of the Clones a lot more uh, than I did uh, The Phantom Menace. And then Revenge of the Sith, I think, is, you know... Honestly, Revenge of the Sith is probably my second favorite Star Wars movie. Um, I really think Reven like Revenge of the Sith should have been two movies. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, like I just remember ultimately being disappointed with with the Phantom Menace. Yeah, you know, I remember. Um, I, I had a terrible. I think I talked about the show before. I had a terrible theater experience going to see Phantom Menace. And I still bought it. I, I bought it on VHS. It's probably the last movie I bought on VHS brand new. Mm -hmm. um, I saw two in theaters, and the the action parts are great, mm -hmm. but the boring but the boring parts are really boring. Oh yeah, like like I said, George Lucas, he needed someone to help him with the writing because not only can he not write comedy, he cannot write romance. Yeah, and two, there was a lot of romance there, which I think could have been good had someone else been writing it. Yeah, so I, I ended up being so frustrated that I watched 
um, I didn't see three in the theater at all. Um, I it was, you know, whenever when it finally came out on you know to watch at home, that was like mm-hmm. okay, I got I got to knock this one out. Yeah. Um, I remember Phantom Menace. Um, my uncle asked me, so I, I think Phantom Menace came out in May. Mm-hmm. So let's say I saw my uncle like you know sometime in June or something like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, he said, "Well, how many times have you gone?" I said, "Well, I went once." He's like, "Well, that tells me all I need to know." I said, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, if you, as the biggest Star Wars fan I know, has only seen it once, and it can't be that good." Mm-hmm. And really, I'm like, "Well, uh, I don't have a car to go to the movie theater, and I don't have the disposable income to just go to see a movie I've already seen again." Yeah. And also, like, movies are different now than, you know, uh, when he would have been my age, where a movie stuck around for, like, a year. Yeah. You know, you saw things like, oh, um, Empire Strikes Back held over for a second year or stuff like that, you know. So, I'm like, it's just different right now. But still, I'm like, well, God, he's got a point, though. If I was really that into it, I would have wanted to go see it again. Yep. Um, Now, I... I saw the first one again in theater. Remember when this, when uh, Star Wars was going to re-release all of the movies in 3D? Yes. Yep. And they, and they only did the first one before the Disney buyout, and that was yep. it. Yep. So upset because I saw it and I was like, okay, this was fun. You know, it was fun to see it like this. Um, and it still wasn't clicking with me, but I enjoyed it more. But what really got it? I've only got my kid to watch the first one. And uh, maybe maybe we'll get around to the other ones later on. But for now, he's only watched the first one. But watching that through his eyes, I'm like, okay, now I get some of the stuff. Mm. He he thought Jar Jar was hysterical. Like, okay, cool. You know, like this meant a little more. Yeah. Um, little little Jake Lloyd there, who's what like ten in the movie. Yep. And I'm like, okay, my kid's seen another kid for this, and another kid doing all these exciting things. So that means something to him. I'm like, okay. This Star Wars movie for kids is fine. And I think me as a, you know, late teen, early 20s, whatever I was at the time, but already jaded, came in with so many opinions on all that I didn't have for, you know, New Hope and Empire Jedi because I was the kid watching them. Yeah. So I could forgive all of their flaws. Now, granted, even even with trying to make it sound better and, you know, Star Wars is for kids and all, I still think 4, 5, and 6 were just better movies flat out. Mm-hmm. But I, I tried, you know, I was trying to be more open and enjoy them and all. Yeah. Yeah, and like, like I said, I don't hate Phantom Menace. Like, it is a movie I'll still watch. Um, but as far as, like, disappointing, like, like I said, like, I was so excited to go see that movie in theaters. Like, I was literally shaking, you know, seeing that opening crawl, because I never, you know, like, I, the rumor had been for years that George Lucas was going to be doing a prequel trilogy, and, you know, there there's a reason why they called, renamed Star Wars Episode Four. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was all going to make sense, and here it was, it's like, here we are, finally, you know, like, it's going to start making sense. And, um, I just remember not, you know, leaving that theater, like, just thinking to myself, did I did I even like it? I don't know. Like, you know, but, like I said, I don't hate it. I just, it was ultimately 
my biggest disappointment, like coming out of a out of a, out of a theater in terms of my excitement, and then ultimately what I felt afterwards. But anywho, um, yeah, that's that's our our topic for this evening. Uh, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. So, Kevin, where can we find you, sir? You can find me across most social medias. I'm at Masked Library. Uh, MaskedLibrary.com is my home blog as well. And then uh, I do another podcast and occasional writing and uh, occasional YouTube appearances as part of the Retro Networks. So you can go on Retro Network. You can find my podcast, others' podcasts. Uh, some articles, and then uh, YouTube series as well. Excellent. Uh, you can catch me, me here at the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. Uh, we have an episode of Trek 171, probably looking at September now, uh, before we can get, you know, the stars to align and, and all the guys, can we can all get together. Um, so Trek 171, um, yeah, it's just, it's been a busy summer for everyone. So it's, it's hard recording and we don't want to record without anybody so you know getting everyone's schedule aligned has just been proved a little difficult so it is going to happen uh and you can find me on facebook i uh, am the admin of several groups including the pop culture pub podcast network uh <laughs> pop culture pub uh lockhart's favorite animation and toy franchises uh pop culture pub outer spaces which is a space uh group um, the Incredible Fans of the Incredible Hulk, and then Trek 1701. Uh, they're, they're all groups on Facebook, so check them out. I update uh, regularly. I put a lot of pictures up there. And, yeah. So, this was the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. This was our top five... Oh, how, how did I word that again? Our top five movies we were... Or, sorry, top five movie disappointments. Uh, movies that we were excited about, but ultimately disappointed with. And uh, I was your host this evening. My name is Chris Lockhart. I was joined by Kevin Decent. And we want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to us talk about that. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.